Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden. Where we continue to follow the capture and killing of Osama bin Laden now. Those are just some of the scenes overnight as thousands of Americans gathered in celebration of Osama bin Laden's death. Former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill says he has thought about the mission every day since that May Day in 2011. From multiple conversations you had with Rob O'Neill over the past year and a half, how'd you get And you described that his head kind of exploded yes. when you hit I, him. Yes, I actually hit him three times because I shot him twice when he was standing and once on the ground. That is the fucking American badass. Go, go, go. We are not going for fame and we are not going for bravado. We are going for the single mom who dropped her kids off at elementary school on a Tuesday morning, and then 45 minutes later, she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. I'm Rob O'Neill, and this is the Operator Podcast. Welcome back to the Operator Podcast. This will be episode... 43, I'm going to do this one solo. This might become common, and we're going to call this an emergency podcast. Episode 43 is an emergency podcast just because there's so much going on. I haven't been on by myself in a while, and I'm going to catch all you other operators up on what's happening. I've been able to um, get a few things out there that have caught a little bit of traction due to... um, the Navy's new, well, not new, we'll get into that, the way they wanted to digitally recruit people uh, into the U.S. Navy. They're pulling a stunt that apparently a lot of people try, and they don't get a lot of pushback until the consumers. You there, you might have noticed that recently there's a beer company that pulled that, and now no one wants to touch it. Uh, because the wokeness, nobody wants to say it out loud for some reason, um, but the, the Navy tried it. So that what the Navy did is uh, they decided to make a yeoman second class, YN2, we would call him, Joshua Kelly, to be um, a, as a drag queen. And that's the Navy's new digital and was the, the Navy's new digital ambassador for recruitment. And I guess um, <laughs> I'm not in the Navy anymore, and I'm, I'm really trying to be as nice as I can. I don't know if you call them him or they or whatever, but I guess uh, YN2 called him or herself or their self Harpy Daniels is a stage name as this drag queen. Me personally, because this hits so close to home at the Pentagon near Washington, D.C., if I was a drag queen, I would have been, I think I'd call myself Foggy Bottom. That, I think that works out pretty well. But uh, so they're, they're getting some pushback. I brought it up because I don't think that's the right way to recruit, especially for the Navy. Well, <laughs> I shouldn't say especially for the Navy because um, we all know what, what happens at sea stays at sea. The whole, the whole Navy joke on a submarine, uh, 100 sailors go down and 50 couples come back, whatever. Do You do what you want to do on your own time. And I've, sa- I've said that too. I think that we, um, we are in this, well, those of us, uh, that actually still believe in this country are in this for freedom, and I think you should have your freedom, and I think you know you should have uh, your First Amendment, your freedom of uh, speech. You should be able to express yourself, and I have no problem with that. And if you want to live your life, that's my this is my personal belief. If you want to live, however you want to live, do it. If you're not uh, affecting somebody else in a negative way, then do it, especially behind closed doors. That's fine. And and uh, 
I, I, you know, I even said, even if I guess Harpy Daniels, Foggy Bottoms, what, um, I guess even had a drag show on, um, one of the carriers at sea. And there's a drag show and is approved by the MWR Morale, Welfare and Recreation and performed on a drag show. Now I, I've been to sea for a long, long time. Uh, I've been at sea and, and morale does hit the shitter like really bad. Um, it's just, it gets boring, monotonous. Um, you get pissed at each other, close quarters, everything from the boat rocking to sometimes you get shitty chow. Most of the time you get shitty chow. If you need to do something fun and it keeps morale up and it happens to be a drag show, I don't really have a problem with that. If the ship's crew's fine with it. I mean, my, my question here as a senior chief is where's the chief's mess on this? We don't hear a lot from senior enlisted. I want to know why that is, but do, doing whatever at sea, fine. Entertain yourself. We have the you know the, the steel picnic or whatever, and every 50-some-odd days you get two beers, which is super-duper because there's always a few sailors that don't drink, so then you can get six or eight beers, and there's a dude you can beat up, so that's 10 beers at the steel picnic, which is dope. But um, uh, it, I'm a big believer in morale, and you do you do need to, to, to keep your troops in, in line, but you don't want every day to suck. Having said that, and with freedom um, behind closed doors, y- you can't do it for recruiting like this. This is not the Navy. The pillars are forward defense, alliance solidarity, alliance solidarity, and deterrence. And a deterrent is avoiding a fight through strength, peace through strength. It's the dog fighting mentality. If you bark loud enough, the other dog might not want to fight you. And a deterrent will not come from a drag queen on digital media on a Chinese espionage platform called TikTok with millions of viewers. You're not going to deter China because China is inviting you to do that. That's why there is TikTok. So they can spread whatever information, everything from wanting uh, our children to learn to hate our own country to getting a drag queen to represent the United States Navy. So I thought this was way out of line. And uh, I had said stuff... um, on the internet that got a little traction, I said, we need to be ferocious, not fabulous. I think that makes sense. I mentioned that when we went on the Bin Laden raid, they picked 23 of the most qualified shooters at the time. They picked pipe hitters. And what we need is pipe hitters, not pole dancers. And I really believe that. And this is this is a... Um, th- this was a big mistake by the Navy to do it. And like everyone else, now they're backpedaling. And uh, even um, General Mark Milley, who is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and that, by the way, is the highest-ranking military officer. And uh, he said, well, I didn't know they were doing it. First of all, (laughs) you should resign for I didn't know. I don't know. If you don't know what is going on with a drag queen with millions of viewers on TikTok, what else don't you know? And everybody else is trying to pass the buck here. There's the, the, the leadership aspect of it is if you're in charge, it's on you. Even if I, I had a boss one time that said, when I told him, shit, sir, you're in charge. He said, oh, make no mistake. I, I'm not in charge. I'm responsible. You're in charge. But that still means the buck stops with him. As a leader, that's on you. And it, it works that way. It doesn't, well, I didn't know. I don't know what my guys are doing. That's a horrible leader. But that's what that's what he does. That's what that's what General Milley does. I've never met General Milley. I don't want to talk too much trash about him. But um, they just if it's not woke, they just want to deflect it. There's I'm reading an article right now. So this program ran from uh, 
October to March. And the House Armed Services Subcommittee on Military Personnel, the chairman, Representative Jim Banks, a Republican from Indiana, was told by a Navy briefer that um, this program does not exist. And then they had a backtrack. I mean, um, Representative Banks said, we are facing a historic recruitment crisis, and instead of focusing efforts on strengthening our force, the Biden administration is forcing wokeness on our service members. Navy leadership knew this was a ridiculous, embarrassing stunt, and that is why they initially denied involvement with the program. Now, you're lying to Congress. You're lying to the House Armed Services Committee. Nothing's going to happen. Because they're trying to go woke, but that's that's not how you do it. You don't say we didn't know it and then say, oh, well, you know what? We did, but we just we didn't feel like telling you about this. I mean, that's that's not how the uh, the military works. And and so then Secretary um, Lloyd Austin is being directed now to have a reason why they lied to Congress, and they, it's they get until um, May twenty third to. Uh, Put that letter out. Now, that's that seems to me like a lot of time where you can kind of go around to the whisper mafias and all stuff and ask them what was doing on this and and who was doing that. And uh, it, it just to me, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense as far as leaders go. There's, there doesn't seem to be any responsibility. Everyone's passing the buck until it, need, it needs to uh, come to fruition. All they can agree upon is that we need to spend more money to send it to Ukraine. And I just again, I question where's the chief's mess, because I don't know if you've been in the Navy, the Marine Corps, the Army, but like the East seven. And above have a tendency to uh, they kind of they have a tendency to run everything. We call it the goat locker, the chief's mess. And you'll always hear them brag, the chiefs run the navy. I haven't heard shit from a chief. Where are you, chiefs? Where's the goat locker on this one? I mean, I'm I'm saying something, but I, I haven't been in in a while. And it, it, uh, it I've had people say, well, it's about time someone said something. Well, it is time someone said something, and it shouldn't have to be me. And I just it, it would just be nice to get a little uh, consistency. It shouldn't be. I don't think leadership should be fluid. To a point, I mean, some of it, some of it should be, but but uh, not as far as structure, stuff like that, stuff that's imp- something that th- the military should be good at structuring, and it usually is. The whole thing with like, uh, I, I think we stole from the army the rule of threes, which means um, you can, as a leader, handle three tasks, and when you get to a fourth task, you should be able to hand that up to someone else and trust that they will get to three and then four and hand it to someone else. And the idea is that you you've been able to do that because you taught your people how to do their job. And the the it's your responsibility as a leader to make sure the person below you knows how to do your job and your boss should make sure you know how to do his or her job. Uh, the redundancy thing. And that's structured leadership. But now it's so fluid. With pe- you, you can't just lie to your boss at that level. You sh- I mean, you shouldn't be able to, but I mean, but I mean, it's the same thing with like, remember, remember the, you might not remember that we had this pandemic and um, the, uh, a bunch of pharmaceutical companies and a bunch of politicians and a bunch of, of uh, bureaucrats got really rich because of these vaccines. And we had companies sponsoring certain shows because they were uh, lobbyists. And we're not going to get into that now. But remember the, the vaccine mandate. And a mandate is not even a law. It's mandatory. It's not a law. Um, not, you know, not, not handed down by, by lawmakers. It's, it's by um, elected officials from the three-letter agencies. But um, the, the vaccine mandate, and they were kicking dudes out. That, that said that now, again, that's another that's another bag of cats I don't care to get into. You're in the military. Those are called orders, whatever, even doesn't matter why. But people were citing religious exemptions, whatever. But anyway, 
they were kicking dudes out for the uh, the vaccine mandate. That's not even a thing anymore. How all of a sudden it's not a thing? It just isn't because nobody knows what um, nobody knows where to go. Nobody knows where to talk. No, um, um, as long as you go with the woke crowd, and I don't even understand why you need to do that in the military. You're going to get your money. You, you, if you're in the government, you have it's not going away. You're not going to lose your budget. As long as you spend more than you made, which is huge in the government, you're going to get your budget. It's, it's not, uh, um, <laughs> we'll get into that in a second, but um, it's, it's you know, down is up, up is down. And again, if, if you are, do what you want. I, I really believe in freedom. No one should tell you what you can and can't do. And, if, and, and, and men who want to dress as women and, and well, the competition against women, that's, that's another touchy subject. I, I don't think that men should be able to compete against women and then take away their scholarships or their potential. Men should not go into a sport and be crushing women's records. And I don't know what kind of a dude would do that anyway, but we've seen it. Um, but here's something I was, I was talking to my brother, Tommy Yo. He, I interviewed him a few episodes back. and every, you, you, If you haven't heard it, it's one of those episodes. Listen to all of them. You'll find him. The Operator Podcast, you can you can find it anywhere podcasts are, are found. Um, but what we're saying is, uh, um, we, we this is a joke we made. But they should be able to comp- compete against women, um, as you know. They, but they never want to compete against the women who have bigger balls than they do. I said let them compete, but we got to lay down a few uh, ground rules. You want to compete against women? Fine. But we get to choose the women. Now, there is a there was a bar in Butte, Montana called the Deluxe. And Butte, Montana, is a, it's a Butte tough, tough town. Um, and so what we decided is that they should uh, – the men that want to play against women, need, we get to pick the sport and the team. They have to play the 1984 Deluxe Bar all-lesbian open softball team. And and these are not these aren't lipstick lesbians. We're talking about these women are so tough they roll their own tampons. Um, look at the second baseman. Remember Stubby Johnson? She's so hardcore after sex she smokes a turkey. You're not going to beat these. Anyway, it's a joke we made. It's kind of funny. But um, uh, back to the um, <laughs> back to the 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 military and the the growth. We're talking about the budgets and how people are. I think they're just saying stuff. I don't know why, but I think it's to keep their budget. But Right now, there's an argument in Congress that uh, they're holding up uh, too many. I don't know the number. They're holding up the the promotion of too many of, of a lot of people trying to get to the general officer level. So one star, two star, three star, four star. And uh, there's too many. There's too many generals. It, in World War II, there was one general for every 6,000 troops. Now there's one general for every 1,400 enlisted service members. So right now, we have more admirals in the Navy than we do ships. That's not exactly a a pyramid-type thing we're doing. There's been a steady increase of flag officers since World War II, and that's concerning, especially since the number of planes and ships have been decreasing due to cost, yet we're paying more for more general officers. And it's not even just the general officers. It's like um, the the three- and four-star ranks have increased twice as fast as the one- and two-star. So they're making more three and four, not as many one and twos. And the, uh, the three and four star ranks are increasing three times as fast as uh, all officers and almost 10 times as fast as enlisted. So we're making officers. It's the same thing as, as um, Congress. They'll, well, they won't cut anything, but they, they'll always give themselves a pay increase. You never notice they never miss that. They never miss their vacation. 
They never miss their pay increase, and they get flown everywhere. And now they're like they're voting and stuff. If they can't get the the necessary percentage of money per year, they're going to vote on other stuff. Like they can get reimbursed uh, for clothing and food and and all that nonsense. Um, but they're never going to not get their money because the money's coming from somewhere. But if they're not creating anything. It's coming from the taxpayer. You're you're going to pay your taxes, and not just income tax, by the way. I mean, just because we talk about uh, tax brackets and pay your fair share, you're paying tax on everything. I mean, you're paying tax to die. You're paying tax if you if you uh, if you pay tax on money and pay your employee, you're paying. The they're paying tax on the money that you gave them, and then you're paying tax on that. And then there's taxes everywhere. It's embedded, and that's how the that's how the government's going to keep getting their money. And they, and you'll hear those slicksters say, um, "Well, you know, we got to think of a way to increase revenue. Increase revenue." How are you going to do that? You're going to make more, put more buttons on more radios? No. You're going to sit in your office. You're going to talk about how cool you are, and you're going to try to raise taxes on people. You're not, I mean, you're not going to, um, God forbid you cut anything. Stop spending. You can't stop spending. Can't stop increasing your pay. And it's same thing with the Pentagon. The Pentagon was started in September 11th, I want to say 1940. It was in the 40s. Okay. I, don't, I should have this number in front of me. I keep notes. Sometimes I go off on tangents. But- the Pentagon was started to win World War II. And they, so the Department of War turns into the Department of Defense. And we're going to win World War II. It's still there and it's still growing. The Pentagon, I did write this down. The Pentagon, you ask how big it is. It is the largest office, office building in the world. I should tell you something. The, the military has the largest office building in the world. 34 acres of building, of office building. That's 6.5 million square feet. I think there's seven stories. I don't have a fact checker here with me, but if, if you find out, let me know. Seven stories. And most of it is office space, but it's not all office space. There's there's Taco Bell in there. There's fast food and food courts. And not that, I mean, you got to eat, but there's like high-end shopping and stuff like that. You would You would think that if you were able to build all those buildings and keep the upkeep with the taxpayer's money, the Pentagon, by the way, can't account for about 60% of its budget. Like, we don't even know where the shit went. And we left all this stuff in Afghanistan. We, we're, this, is, this is a government that wants to disarm its citizens, but gives the, the very weapons it's... Not even the very, better versions of the weapons that we don't want, according to this, the, for the Second Amendment. We give them to our enemy. We left them there. And the Second Amendment, we'll get into that too. I know that we... Uh, a lot of, lot of talk about that, especially since um, what's happening late. Well, not lately. Kind of an American thing with the mass shootings. We're anyway. Let me get back to that. But we we leave all this stuff in Afghanistan. These are people that uh, they grill us on everything. They and they talk about uh, uh, leadership and organization and follow the law, the rule of law. And this is a land of laws. But we we can't just can't balance the checkbook. We don't know where our shit is. You know we, and the 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 reason is. Just because a war ends doesn't mean the contract did. You know, greasing the elbows, talking uh, at the cocktail hour at the uh, whatever that Italian restaurant is in Georgetown that where we all go to the high end guys. And if you're cool, you can wear the brass or you work for one of the one of the news stations. But the the money keeps coming in, but the, it's got to keep flowing. And you just got to wonder. I mean, you, at least if we were doing this, um, you could uh, just tell each other the truth. But no, we're gonna say I didn't know that was happening. That's not good leadership. But that is the world we live in, and uh, yet another bank has collapsed. 
It seems to be happening more and more, and your bank could be next, unless the Fed does what they did just back in March and print $300 billion out of thin air, making your dollar worthless. Not to mention the recession risks that could have a significant impact on your investment and retirement accounts. So take my advice. Protect your financial future with something real. Gold and silver from my friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold can help you protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold and silver, or if you prefer, have it delivered securely right to your front door. Since the beginning of time, there is only one universal currency that is always of value, and that is gold. Allegiance Gold has the highest ratings in the industry. Five stars with Trustlink, a triple A rating with the Business Consumer Alliance, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. You can invest with confidence because of the quality and service of Allegiance Gold. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwiththeoperator.com today or give them a call at 844-790-9191. 844-790-9191. Don't let the Fed play Monopoly with your money. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Go to protectwiththeoperator.com, protectwiththeoperator.com, or give them a call at 844-790-9191. Speaking of um, the military and leadership and uh, making headlines and whatnot, I was I was scrolling through, and I normally don't want to read to you, but this just popped up because as I'm, uh, as I'm BSing, I saw um, a title of, a, of an article that said, a retired Navy senior chief petty officer uh, will not see jail. And I, obviously that jumps out at me because... Uh, I've seen my headline retired Navy. I didn't retire though. I got out. Um, I got out before 20. It was just time. Sometimes it's just time. And I think I, I think I cut it right at the right time. Cause we saw this coming by the way, this, uh, this training, um, where they're wasting, oh, oh fraud, waste and abuse. just like MWR. Everything has, seems to have a, a three, three letter, uh, abbreviation or whatever. Um, we, we saw this coming. In the military, they, they're doing these surveys now. But when I was leaving, it was um, on required mandatory online training that you have to do before that you must do before you go on deployment. And it's it's it, at the time it was like command climate, and how do you feel? How do they? How do you, how does how do your shipmates make you feel? That nonsense. And again, like we we took uh, classes and tests on sexual harassment. To me, that seems like something with uh, I know. <laughs> I'm not going to harass you. You, sh- you shouldn't be harassing anyone. And just little stuff too, like uh, um, what what not to say to people. And if you don't know that shit, come on. I mean, there are dumb people. I mean, think about how dumb the average person is and, and half the people are dumber than they are. But I saw this, um, we're wasting money. As, 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 a, as a Marine, as a soldier, uh, you should go to work and work out in the morning and then go to the range and then work on tactics or whatever your job is, your your uh, your preparation for whatever job you do. Because not everyone's a shooter, but do what you do well. Go to lunch, come back, get better at your stuff, train your people, um, and then go home, do it again the next day. Uh, the military's job should be to show up, deter, forward defense, meaning carriers, marines, airplanes, and then de- um, alliance solidarity. Train with your train with your. Uh, your allies, <laughs> or in our case, just give your supposed allies a shit ton of money so they can stab you in the front. But um, that, that's what you should do. But they, they, just, they add all this extra training in there because they're trying to force people to be good to each other when you should just be good to each other anyway. And most of the people that I know that I work with were good to each other anyway, and we didn't care. 
I didn't care. I, I mean, when I, the, some of the required training when I was getting out of the Navy, and this is August of, of um, 2022. So I was still in Afghanistan right around February of 2022. And we're, I'm sitting in, we had these bee huts with like um, stadium seating and, and you got the dog sitting next to you and, or below you and you're watching TV and they were talking about, it's, it's always Congress. Congress is always showboating. And the big one there was you got to repeal, don't ask, don't tell. We got to repeal, don't ask, don't tell. And it's the same argument. And they're the ones making a big deal out of it. I'm looking around knowing damn well they're gay dudes in the room. And I don't give a shit. None of us cares what you look like or where you're from. Can you, can you carry me if I get shot? Can, can you make sure I get back to my family? That's it. We should go in there. We should break a bunch of stuff. And then we should leave. And they try to make us these... Um, to try to fill us full of feelings. We, we shouldn't even be there building schools. That's up to diplomats. The military should go and kick people's asses and leave. And as you're leaving, wave a finger in their face and say, no. Don't leave them all your Humvees and helicopters and guns and bombs. It's complete nonsense. But it's always, it's always the, the, the politicians making an argument to prove their existence. It's always... You ever notice that um, most people that call you racist are 45-year-old white people. <laughs> okay. You, are you the most, most, most people that call you uh, uh, transphobe are white liberals. They're, just, they're stirring the pot. Anyway, whatever. I saw this article that says a retired senior chief petty officer is avoiding jail time because I guess he said he saw a metallic orb in Afghanistan that's similar to that orb that we see in those videos where the pilots are following a, a UFO. And he's not coming forward. I don't know who this dude is. I just saw this this article, and um, he, they're not saying who he is because uh, he he doesn't want to um, uh, incriminate himself or whatever. But he's talking about UFOs in Afghanistan. He said, "I'm going to be honest with you. I'd love to tell everything in detail, but I'm not willing to go to jail to do it." He said, "I'm constrained because of security agreements, so they need a way." For submissions to be made, I guess that's what he's saying. Uh, not having a secure way to report potential UFOs was a glaring oversight in the eyes of two lawmakers on both sides of the aisle after all domain anomaly resolution office. Uh, and that, I guess, is an office in the Senate Armed Services Subcommittee. I didn't know we had that. Look at that. We get an office on uh, what they do is they study unidentified anomalous phenomena, which is a UAP which is how the government would say a UFO. It's too easy to say UFO. It's like Velcro. We can't say um, Velcro. We have to say hook and pile tape because we're the military. We can't say uh, jumping jacks. It's a side straddle hop. It's um, the, the horizontal ladder is what you will do your, your obstacle course on. And uh, all he's basically saying is uh, he saw a thing. He's not going to talk about it. Uh, there's quite a bit of gray area, but I know where the bodies are buried. And see, that kind of jumped out at me, too, because you know where the bodies are buried. Whose bodies? What does this guy do? Is he is he an intel guy? Is he a drag queen? <laughs> I don't know. But he knows what... And I don't know whose bodies are. They're, are they're, they're alien bodies, or, or he just... I think he... Is he looking for attention, which is great. I hope he gets it. If you're watching and you found UFOs in Afghanistan, congratulations, you're an operator. If you control the food, you control the population. That's one of the oldest tactics in the book. So you've heard me talk about Moink before. You've probably seen me post it. If not, you will. But I'm reminding you about Moink one more time. It's the highest quality meat in the world. 
Moink is a meat subscription box company on a mission to fight for the family farm. They're located in rural America, run by an eighth-generation female farmer. Their animals are raised humanely, their employees are paid a living wage, and the quality of their product is better than anything you'll find in a store. Moink delivers grass-fed, grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon that comes right to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did. As a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better, and the Moink difference is a difference that you can taste. Unlike the supermarket, Moink gives you total control over the quality and source of your food. You choose the meat to be delivered in every single box, like ribeyes, uh, chicken breast, pork chops, salmon fillets, much more. Plus, you can cancel any time. This stuff is so good. I seriously send boxes up to Montana to my family. My wife and I had um, fillets last night out of this world. I love it. I love Moink and you will too. So keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash the operator. Do it right now and you will get free filet mignon in every order for a year. That's probably the best, not probably, that's the best filet you'll ever taste uh, for a full year, but it's for a limited time. So it's spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash the operator. That's moinkbox.com slash the operator. Seriously, get on there, get this, you're going to love it. I saw the headline that says retired senior chief. Again, I didn't retire. But then it said UFOs or whatever they call them, UAPs. And that sparked my interest because of some of the stuff, some of the training towards the end of my career that I was able to do. I brought up Velcro. That's that's proof <laughs> of UFOs because men aren't smart enough to hook and pile tape. We talked about that too. Um, but that you know, that we did we did go places where we signed non-disclosure agreements, NDAs, kind of like when you party too hard with members of Congress, which has happened. Uh, you sign an NDA so you can't incriminate them, even though signing anything in D.C. doesn't matter because someone on the staff is going to leak it because it's the staffers that are running the show up there, basically. It's the uh, – anyway. But, uh, yeah, I, I saw that. Like, all the stuff that I've ever said or ever written, my my first book, The Operator, and my second book, The Way Forward, we uh, I put those through the five-sided wind tunnel that we call the Pentagon. There's a, there's a process – in the Department of Defense, you, you can get your transcript approved by the powers that be. And you want to do that. If you have anything worth telling and you were even in the military, even if you're writing afterward, it doesn't hurt. It might take time, depending on how much they hate you or, in my case, how much they love me. You want to put it through there because you don't want them to come back and bite you in the ass. You want it to be approved. Your transcript's approved, even if they don't agree. Um, they say it's approved, you're good. So all my stuff's approved. But there, there were certain places that... Uh, I don't know if I'm still allowed to talk about or even mention, so I'm not going to. Um, but the the uh, the military has been getting. It, there's always something. There's always something involving a military or, the, or a veteran. Uh, sometimes good, sometimes bad. But uh, there's a couple incidents I'm going to bring up involving veterans. One is a former Marine named Daniel Penny, and he's been charged of manslaughter in the second degree because he killed a man. He was involved in an altercation that resulted in the death of a man by the name of Jordan Neely. And that was the video you probably saw on the subway in New York, which because of a lot of these leftist policies that are taking over that never work, 
you can't find me one of these far left policies that works. I mean, it works, but not in the way they plan. Like there's 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 reality, and then there's feelings, and they go by feelings or or intention, because some of the stuff so outrageous that um, the catch and release, like they, the uh, criminals are emboldened now because they know they can do anything, and they're out that day uh, without you know they're just out, but. Um, Jordan Neely was acting aggressively towards subway passengers. Uh, he had not physically attacked anyone before Mr. Penny put him in a chokehold is what they're saying. And that's the way they put it because they're, they're making it sound like Penny was the aggressor. I'm not saying I, I, I don't advocate for violence at all. I wish everyone could get along with a smile. And if you're going to, if you're going to debate, debate, if you, you can even argue and you shouldn't ever agree with anyone, but it shouldn't come down to being physical with one another. Like I said, if, if you, you should be able to do whatever you want, just don't negatively affect anyone else. But this guy, um, Jordan Neely, who died, unfortunately, he had 42 arrests on charges such as evading fares, theft, and assaults on three women. So he might not, he might have been acting aggressively, but, and they said he, he wasn't violent yet, but violence doesn't take that long to happen. It can happen in the blink of an eye. So he was uh, doing some stuff and, and um, Daniel Penny, former Marine, 24 years old, uh, subdued him. And I don't think he threw any punches and he did put him in a chokehold. I don't know if he had it all the way in, whatever. I don't know how well trained the guy is. But a chokehold, the media loves to throw that word around like you're holding him up like fucking Michael Myers in the kitchen after you stab him in the guts with a, with a butcher knife. Uh, uh, if you're choking someone out, I've been choked out. I'm assuming you've been choked out. Sometimes on purpose. Sometimes I deserved it. Sometimes it was training. Whatever. Uh, it, it is. It, it, if you know what you're doing, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good way to subdue someone without causing any permanent damage. It's almost, it almost brings me around to the waterboarding thing, how the, how the politicians love to say waterboarding is torture. No, it's not. It sucks. But you walk away from it. Um, torture is, is when you start, you know, you get out the, the power drill. Now he, he, uh, Jordan Neely did die. And, and the, the coroner or, or said that it was because of, uh, pressure on the neck. Uh, I personally would, would rather they show the toxicology reports what happened, but they're, you know, they're charging Dan, Daniel Penny, like I said, they charged or, or, um, of manslaughter in the second degree. So this is the, this brings up the question of, what do you think this is going to do in the future? Do you, do you remember when they said defund the police? And that was very popular, especially among, oh, that's right, the leftists. Defund the police. And it turned it, they started uh, banning different techniques like, like uh, chokeholds and whatnot. And so that makes it harder to uh, subdue a criminal. So you have to resort to other stuff, which looks more violent. And that, results in other videos of people standing by that are filming, which happens because there's cameras everywhere. And that, I'm getting to a point here, that turned into not only, especially in New York, I bring up New York because that's like the epicenter, great people from the NYPD started leaving because I don't, why would I want to be a part of this? Pigs in a blanket frying like bacon, attacking police, getting in the face of police that aren't doing anything, filming police to the point where cops would say, I'm not getting involved because they're going to film me and then I'll get prosecuted. He'll, why would I want to risk my livelihood and potentially go to jail for this jack off that's going to be that's going to be out? 
I mean, Florida was was seriously sending recruiters to Times Square, talking to NYPD, knowing they're some of the best cops in the world, saying, come to Florida. We'll give you a better house, uh, a better cost of living in a company car. Why wouldn't you? Who would want to stick around and do that job? And it gets more and more unsafe in the city. Look at the cities. You, the best advice, I mean, the city is the city, and I love New York, but a couple years ago, I, I would, wouldn't have said someone, yeah, it's fine, just don't stand near the tracks because some freak might come up behind you and just push you in front of it because they're either evil, they know they're going to get out, they don't like what you look like, um, or they're mentally ill and they don't, they don't do anything about mental illness. You know, they don't ban trains because people get pushed in front of them. But this is a direct result of shitty policies. And then the, the effect of that is cops don't want to be cops. Cops, good cops leave. The cops that are staying will just watch you commit a crime because what's the point? And then crime escalates. And it doesn't take a genius to realize this, but that's that's what's happening. So now with Daniel Penny, so he's getting charged with manslaughter. Think about this, and I hate being right, but I usually am. Uh, now imagine you're in New York or you're in Chicago or Philly and you ride the train. And say you're trained. Say you're you're a trained person on the train. You know how to fight. And you're watching some big dude pick on a chick. You're going to take that second and think, well, I should defend her. But someone's going to film it. And then the district attorney is going to put me in prison. And the, that district, Alvin Bragg, same name, the district attorney in New York, funded by George Soros, leftists, communists. And this is not, this is not a, um, this is not like a single event. But the problem is, Again, the deterrent, like we talked about with the military, the deterrent is the criminal might not do that because the cops are good. I might go to jail. Some big dude might beat me up. Now that's not a problem. What would what would stop me from punching her in the eye and taking the purse? You know, and and you would think a rational person can sit down with someone else and discuss this, but no. Now the answer is, well, if I can't debate you, I'm just going to call you a racist. I'm just going to call you a transphobe. I'm you're, you're gonna I'm going to name you something. Just have the conversation. And this is reality. And this is not even being me, me being mean. I'm just telling you what's going to happen. I, I could have told you what happened with Defund the Police. I probably did back in 2020, if you remember that. I'll tell you what I wasn't doing was uh, wiping my ass because I didn't have any toilet paper. But I was thinking realistically, you can't just send community people to a, a, a domestic disturbance and expect them to talk them out of it because it's a mental illness thing and it's a violence thing. And if people who are inherently violent, bullies, people who know that they can they can rough someone up and take their stuff, go into a bodega and take their stuff and there's no repercussions and they're criminals, they're going to do it. So that, I mean, the, the guy that's leaving Muay Thai kickboxing class on the train and sees someone getting, who knows? I mean, maybe he'll do the right thing, but maybe he won't. He's like, you know what? None of my business. And then he's out. And that's a direct result of this nonsense. And then another one with, and again, it, um, for some reason, we always get into the, I don't always, and I don't shoot the, <laughs> shoot the messenger um, for saying, uh, talking about the Second Amendment. And I've simply said before, I wish that I wish we could have a conversation. Don't, oh, don't say that. Don't suggest that. But uh, here's here's a thing involving two veterans, unfortunately, and and another another killing. Um. So uh, there was a dude in um in uh. 
in um, in Texas. And the, the issue was so. Th- speaking of 2020, this is back in 2020. So pardon me. Back in 2020, this is what went down. This is during this is during the uh, the Black Lives Matter and the um, uh, the protests. And uh, so, sorry about that. This this one this one disturbs me a little bit. Uh, so in Texas, this is again 2020. Uh, Daniel Perry, who is a uh, a former sergeant in the U.S. Army, was sentenced to 25 years in prison over the shooting death of another veteran named uh, Garrett Foster, an Air Force veteran. He shot and killed this guy from his car because the uh, 28-year-old Garrett Foster was on the left side at a Black Lives Matter protest, and Daniel Perry was was driving a um, an Uber, I think. So he's, he's driving an Uber or something like that, and they're both armed. So Foster is carrying a, legally carrying an AK forty seven. Now, again, legally carrying an AK forty seven. All right, and then and then Perry's got a, his concealed carry. And I, I guess he, I'm not, I wasn't there. He turned a corner somewhere and he ran into this protest and, and apparently he was going to drive his car through the protest. And here, so here's the thing. How, how do you react when that happens? Because let's be honest, these protesters, they're not mostly peaceful. These are a bunch of fucking assholes. And we have seen them beat cars down, jump on cars, pull people out, beat the shit out. I've seen guys hit people with bricks. This is 2020. Remember how nuts we all were? Well, not all of us. I was nuts. But uh, everyone was going crazy. These protests, burning places down, and you got the the, the most of the media going around, huh? Because it's all an agenda. Uh, but how would how do you respond in that? And if you're old enough to remember, it all goes back to like the uh, Rodney King riots when they pulled that dude out of the thing and beat him almost to death. And so the guys carrying AK-47, we're in Texas. You can do that shit. And uh, appa- allegedly, he pointed the gun at Mr. Perry, and he shot from his car with his with his pistol and killed him. So there was a murder trial. They convicted him. That's like twenty five years in prison. And it just it sucks that that a, a veteran killed a veteran at a protest for something neither one of them had anything to do with. But they didn't. Uh, I mean. Perry wasn't protesting. He was driving. And who knows what happened. And it naturally, so they, they bring in part of the stuff they were doing in the trial in Texas was saying that Perry had been sending racist memes. And I don't even, I don't want to see him. Cause I, don't, I don't even think that shit's even remotely funny. But he, um, he was sending something to somebody and they said, well, here, here it is. You can tell it's a racist. And this is a, a white veteran killing a white veteran at a Black Lives Matter um, protest when people are jumping on other people's cars and blocking traffic and stopping stuff for, you know, and it's just a shame that, um, that this happened. So Perry, his attorney asked for a 10 year sentence. Prosecutors are looking for a 25 year sentence. And then governor Abbott said, he's going to pardon pardon this dude as soon as he can. So it's just, uh, Texas has one of the strongest stand your ground, uh, self-defense laws. And, um, it's kind of nullified by a jury, and that's Gov- uh, Governor Abbott's stance. And again, it's just, uh, it's just, um, why? So, speaking of performing and performance, um, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. So, let's talk about sex, gentlemen. Shouldn't you always be at your best? This is the year to maximize your performance in the bedroom. So, listen up, BlueChew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service. 
that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra Cialis and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is very simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it is done online, so there's no visit to the doctor, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Gents, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Don't be the guy to say, I don't need it. You never know until you try. You'll be excited when the postman shows up because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived, and I assure you it works. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use promo code OPERATOR at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code OPERATOR. To receive your first month free, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring this podcast. That is Texas. Texas is getting a lot of um, a lot of headlines lately. Not a lot of great ones. I'm, I mean, any any good news they're not going to put in into print or on TV because the ratings come from bad news. But but the other Texas. Huge headline right now is Title 42 expired, which is a sort of a rule from 2020 during COVID that if people cross illegally, we can repatriate them to their country, bring them back, kick them out, evict them, whatever you want to call it. Repatriates the word that we want to use. It expired, um, and now now we can we, we don't need to do that so they're expecting a surge and we and we're we're at a point right now where this is the, the this is the most per day in the history of our country of illegals crossing into here and we're we're at about 10 10,000 a day and it's not just it's not just people trying to find work and escape their country in South America or Central America or Mexico we've got people from a lot of countries coming in and I'm talking Kazakhstan, Pakistan, uh, Afghanistan, India, China. A lot of people from China coming over here crossing the border. And not everyone is trying to just get here to find a better life for themselves. There's some bad people coming across here. There was a dude from China they rolled up the other day. Right before he crossed, uh, they found him. I don't know who found him, but uh, some authorities found him. And he had uh, child porn on his uh, phone. And... I don't even want to. I don't even want to hear about it. But I, I heard some details and some of the most horrific demonic stuff you can find. And this Chinese dude's trying to cross into the United States, and they, and they said you have child pornography on your phone. And he he didn't deny it. He said, Yeah, I do, but I was going to delete it before I got into the country, which doesn't matter. It's on your phone, dude. You know. And he's coming. And and you got to figure too. It's the people in the middle that are caught up in this. The actual good people that I that I feel bad for. Look at the look at the pictures of the women crossing the Rio Grande with their young kids on their shoulders, and they're in the middle of the the river, just waiting to go across and get processed. And and it's al- they're almost in cahoots right now because what the reports are is that there'll be groups of migrants on one side in Mexico, and all at once they'll stand up and they'll go across because they're coordinating with some other officials in the United States because they're trying to make it um 
more a, a more efficient way to host an invasion. So people on our side are involved with this too. And the border agents can't even guard the border because they're busy in the processing station, processing these people, which is a great word too. They're processing. What does that mean? It doesn't mean they're checking ID and passports and giving them a visa or whatever. They're, um, they can't even check their criminal records from the countries they're from. And they don't need an ID. And they're, they're not even vetting them. And then the, what, they're, what they're trying to get, the processing, is they give them a court date to uh, basically apply for a political asylum. And some of these court dates are from like 2034. So I doubt they're going to hold on to these papers at all, let alone for more than 10 years. But that's what they're doing. And, and then uh, so we're getting more than we've ever got, 10,000 10, a day. It's probably going to go up because of the expiration of Title 42. And like I said, highest day of the record in history. And um, the smugglers are are making a ton of money. The the cartels are making a ton of money. Just from the drug trade, the drugs that are going across, they're charging people from different countries to get through different spots. And they're they're bringing them by bus or whatever. But on the way in here, the innocent people, just like there's innocent people everywhere, every war, every proxy war, there are innocent people in the middle. So uh, they're charging these families all they got. And then there, you know, there's all kinds of bad stuff happening on the way, all kinds of assault, sex trafficking, rape. And then there, uh, they being the uh, the cartels. I mean, there's gunfights now on the border. It looks like, you know, driving route Irish in Baghdad. They're making a ton of money. And then um, Secretary Mayorkas just says, well, don't don't believe the smugglers. You can't believe the smugglers. Our border's not open. Don't who are you going to believe? You know. Me or your lying eyes. Look at what's happening down there. Not, you won't find a Democrat down there uh, uh, from Washington. Some of the Democratic mayors are getting concerned about what's happening in Texas. And they should because this is what's coming in. And it's, it's not that there aren't good people trying to get in. I'm concerned about um, the bad guys that are trying to get in. If, imagine if, you, if, if your entire life was dedicated to wanting to destroy America and you could get in. You think you would? Probably. And we're seeing the violence pick up. You're, you're, you're going to see more, and that sucks. And again, it's because of the, a lot of these leftist policies that I don't even know if they're based on um, emotion anymore. I think it's, 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 it almost might be on purpose. Like, like if you're, if you're, where's the EPA? Have you seen the filth, the trash, what's le- that's left behind? Uh, just the uh, the routes that they're walking. I remember places in uh, in Coronado where we couldn't train as Navy SEALs because of a certain group of waterfowl that was laying eggs in a certain spot so they just they the epa cuts off all this stuff but they're they're not there's not a peep right now why why do you think that is there's an agenda one of the agendas i think is uh this is texas and texas is a big um big red state and it's always you know you got when you watch the electoral college maps on election night there's you know california new york blue texas red what if texas turns blue Democrats will never lose another election. And, you know, no, nobody seems to care about national security, but this is, uh, this is what's happening. And it's all about, once again, politics. You got to put politics aside. And these, these uh, political leaders, it, it's, it's speaking out of both ends of their mouth because it's all about the humanity. But here, here's another way to look. Did you see the picture of, um, was a Senator Boxer coming back to the Capitol? She's 80-something. She should be enjoying what's left, <laughs> not trying to get another, another vote on the Senate floor. And it's, it's like dog eat dog. The, there are people in D.C., you hear them yell about like the retirement age. 
It needs to be. He's trying to raise the retirement age from 67 to 70. He doesn't care about you being yelled by a, an 80 year old who should be retired. They're telling you about retirement. Keep the working man working and then retire and then live off of the government. They're not retiring, are they? There, there are people dying in, in an office that was not supposed to be a career. That is politics, and it's been going on for a long, long time. And there's bad players involved behind the scenes. And a lot of times, like I've said, I think in my second episode, it's always the same names. Not, not a lot of change going on. It's the, same, it's the same argument. They argue about it over and over. It's always an election cycle. Uh, it's the same people out there screaming at each other. No, no one's really listening to each other. And I, I've mentioned before the communist tactic, and it starts off slowly. It starts off as, you know, uh, democratic socialism. That's, we just haven't found the right name for it yet, even though it's never worked. But um, it's an intentional change. This is an intentional change that occurs. It, it, if the United States is strong, the world is strong. But if if the powers that be, the global elite, can can weaken the United States, they can get their agenda going, and that's all they want because it comes back to personal power. It comes back to people like Barbara Boxer. Why are you going to the Capitol when you should probably be at home? Well, it's because they're in love with power. It's not like, well... They're not. I was just about to say you don't get into politics because you want to be rich, but in Washington you do because you can take someone poor and they turn into a millionaire at the. Uh, it's like whatever happened to transparency? You ever notice they always have those closed door meetings? What are they talking about back there? I mean, are they all on the same team? But I, um, it, it goes back to what I think started happening probably in the fifties with the Cold War was the 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 communist tactic of how to how to destroy another country, and it's like four steps: uh, demoralization, destabilization crisis and then normalization and that's the um ideological subversion uh the you know the first one i mentioned demoralization and this is for this is not mine this is yuri bezmanov who was a, a kgb officer he said it was about 20 years the amount of time required to educate a generation helping along the way are media teachers and professors who have become sympathetic to causes like socialism then there's dest uh, destabilization uh, change the country's defense economy and foreign relations crisis is what we always have crisis and the normalization try to make things normal so um i mean look at just take a second and think about what is happening on um on the border um with the fentanyl that's not like being made in a pharmacy in tijuana this is being made in china and they're putting it through the border why because that's a very very easy way to kill americans without firing a shot and then the disinformation, if you, can, if you can make youth hate their own country, no one else does that. N no one in other countries runs around talking about how bad their country is. We certainly do, though. L look around a college campus. There are people that hate this country, that live in this country. Well, just, you know, normally you would say just leave. They're not going to leave. They're trying to fundamentally change the way we think. Here's a good point. Uh, MTV News just stopped. And they were, they were at it. I don't have any of these notes. I'm off on a tangent again. 30-some years, there was a thing called MTV News. And some of the older dudes would remember uh, Kurt Loder, stuff like that. You get MTV News. But back in, um, in 1991, 92, MTV News started promoting a guy by the name of Bill Clinton. And he just looked cool. He played the saxophone. He put his sunglasses on. That was like, like John Mulaney, the comedian, said when someone said, what's your favorite food? Uh, Governor Clinton, he's like, I don't know, fries, just to sound cool. And that and Ross Perot, we'll get into that, um, defeated President Bush, who, you know, out of the freezer into the oven type shit. But he won because of the youth, and they were they were 
influenced by MTV. This is before the internet. Now MTV News shut down because um, no one was watching it. Where do you think the youth is getting their news? TikTok. And who's running TikTok? China. Who's programming it? China. What are they putting in it? They're putting an algorithm in TikTok to throw anti-American stuff in between kick-ass videos at the youth questioning whether or not this is a good country. They're not doing that in China, and they get a limit on how much TikTok they can use in China, but it's a completely different algorithm because they're teaching their youth how great China is. They're teaching our youth how much we suck. Um, So border fentanyl, TikTok, and the fact that they've infiltrated pretty much everything, and they steal stuff from us all the time, intellectual property to military secrets to all that stuff. I mean, you're looking at a at a uh, it's like a it's like a psychological war they're trying to win. If if you um if you want to win a war, and and I know we're all equal, but if you when when a war starts, the people you want to kill are the military age males. So what should we do? Maybe we should um, get rid of the military age the military. Let's call it fighting age males. Let's let's tell them that masculinity is bad, toxic masculinity. Pump that through TikTok. Let let's make these guys weaker and tell them they're bad. And you, that's the internalization. It's it's a it's a it's a communist um, tactic. And also, if you dissent against it, the you know what the communist tactic is: silence them. We've changed that word to cancel them. I mean, they call it misinformation. We don't like what he's saying. Silence him. He shouldn't be heard. Did you see? Did you see Donald Trump? Uh, the town hall on CNN. Just I mean, he destroyed. Uh, what what's her name? How how mean was she? By the way, boy, imagine living your life that pissed off, just being angry all the time. She was mean, looking through her eyebrows, constantly. T- I mean, it was a uh, once again though. You know, Donald Trump came with facts, and she came with emotion, and it showed. And then afterwards, there you you could hear people saying, well, like uh, Joy Behar from the View said, I you can't believe he sat there with an audience that was uh in, in his favor, and he would spew stuff, and they would cheer, and it's like you're literally describing the View right now. But silence him. Take him off. And even uh, I think Anderson Cooper said, I would understand if you never watch CNN again. It's like, dude, what's wrong with the debate? Why, why, why do we always need to say exactly what you want me to say and agree with you? And you'll notice they say the same thing because, I mean, even at places like that, there are meetings in the morning where the, the producers are there, not necessarily the talent. They tell you exactly, here's the agenda today and don't stray from this. And you'll notice a lot of the talking points. You've probably seen it on social media like TikTok. <laughs> Where they're they're showing like one person saying something, then it, it splits to two people, and then four people, and and they're all saying the same thing. They're towing the party line because that's the agenda. And if you stray from it, guess what? You're silenced. You're canceled. Shut him down. Misinformation. Shut him. No, it's not. It, it, just find out your own facts, and and see. And don't be afraid to cross re- cross reference. And here's another one too, because I travel so much. Um, sometimes you can just get outside and talk to people. And that will <laughs> that'll help too, because there's a lot of there's a lot of bad stuff on that phone. Believe me, um, don't read the comments. But if you can get outside and talk to someone, talk to your neighbors, get some vitamin D from the sun, get a workout. Uh, if you can control your blood pressure, you're never out of the fight. 